Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Go with me to Proverbs 29. And verse 18, we want to continue with this that we began last Wednesday, entitled Unity of Vision. Unity of Vision. This is uh, so important uh, where the local church is concerned and what God wants to do in the local church. I, I ministered this message this afternoon to our Kansas location, and uh, the Lord is saying some things to us. But the Lord spoke to me in the summer of 1996, and he said, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. To build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. At that moment, at that point, God gave me that vision. And when I say God gave me that vision, I don't just mean God gave it to me. I mean just me, me and my wife. We were not part of a a ministry staff. We were not pastors. That's God just gave. God gave us that vision. Amen. Now you fast forward three years in 1999, the Lord said to me, the vision of this church. All right. Now in 1999, Faith Builders was not Faith Builders. All right, 1999, Faith Builders was Full Gospel Tabernacle, all right, in, in DeSoto, Kansas. And, and here's why. Because I went there to pastor, but uh, I didn't have the autonomy to change the things I wanted to change. There were so many things and hoops that we had to jump through. So in 1999, he said the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. So if you're taking notes, you can write down, the vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Now, at that point, God gave this vision to the church, this church, our churches, and eventually our fellowship. Now, that did not become a reality till January of 2000. All right, because that's, and, and, and here's the thing, I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but little by little, little by little, the, the individuals that wanted to keep things a different way and not according to the vision, little by little, they just left. They just, they just went their own way. And here's the point. The vision gives life to all that God's asked us to do. A vision, a vision is a living entity. Vision is, is full of power. My pastor says this, that the vision that God gives a church comes supplied with its own power source. The, the vision of a body, the vision of a church is what gives life to all that God asks us to do. All right? The vision drives that. All right, the, the vision is the, is, is the engine that drives that whole thing, ever what it is. 
all right? We, we had a tremendous men's meeting on Saturday morning. Well, here's the issue. What was driving that? We were talking about being praising priests and worshiping kings, but it was building people's faith and framing their world by the word of God, but, right? Amen. We had a good breakfast. Had a, It was good. It was delicious, but it wasn't a men's breakfast. It was a time to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. When you have a vision, you have life. When you have a vision, you have an energy. When you have a vision, you have drive. When you have a vision, you have a reason to see things change. Oh, hallelujah. The vision of a church is the life of that church. Amen. That's, I've, I've had... I've had people ask before, and I've asked people before, you know, what gets you up in the morning and what keeps you going and what drives you? If we could say it this way, a church, their vision is what keeps them moving forward. Their vision is why the doors are open. A church without a vision is nothing more than a building full of people. If you've got a church with a vision, it doesn't matter how many people are in that church, you can affect change in your city and your community because there's a vision that's driving what's going on. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? So vision gives life. I had a friend one time that pastored in, in western Kansas, and he was, he, was, he was a good friend of mine. And uh, he, uh, the, the church that he was the pastor of had split from the evangelical free church that was there in the city that he was a part of. And uh, he didn't have a lot of friends, and so he had driven from uh, Ellsworth, Kansas, and driven down to, uh, to DeSoto, across, went east to DeSoto, and wanted to spend a couple days with me. And so we were in the office one, one night, one morning, and he was asking me, how do you get these things done in your church, and how are people motivated to do what you're doing, because I see people involved, and what's going on? And I asked him, he said, I can't get people to do that. And I said, well, what's your vision? And how often do you teach on vision? And he said two things. He said, I don't really know that I know what my vision is, and I've never taught on vision. And my, my, my response to him was, then how do you know where you're going? The only way that you know that you're doing what God told you to do in a local church is that you have a vision. Because how do you know you're doing what God wants you to do? If you, if you ask a lot of churches, why are the doors open tonight? Well, to preach the word. Okay, but what's the purpose of preaching the word? Well, people need the word. Well, yeah, but what's the purpose? Why are we preaching the word? To build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. That's why we're preaching the word. We're not just preaching about faith. But we're preaching the word that builds faith and frames worlds by the word of God. We, every service you come to, we're not preaching and teaching faith, but we're preaching the word that builds faith and frames worlds by the word of God. Amen. See, vision gives life. Now, is it, is it any wonder that he left that church and that church doesn't even exist anymore? Why? No vision. Look, at, look, at, look, look right here at Proverbs 29, 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The people cast off restraint. The people run wild. Vision 
is parameters. Vision gives direction. Vision gives parameters to a church. Oh, hallelujah. Vision is solidity. Vision is stability. When you have vision, amen, and, and, and you could apply this to your personal life or, or whatever the case may be. You've got to have a vision for every facet of your life. You've got to have a vision for your finances. You've got to have a vision for your marriage. You've got to have a vision for your home. You've got to have a vision for your future because that gives you parameters. Amen. And he said where there's no vision, notice what happens. The people are affected. The people are affected. You will never accomplish as much as you could for God outside of a vision. You just won't. Amen. Do you understand that? I've watched people that were very talented and very anointed go to other churches and help at other churches, but that church either didn't have a vision or they didn't buy into the vision and they never, they never, they never progressed. Why? Because vision gives opportunities. Vision gives opportunity to operate in my giftings and my callings and my anointings. Amen. Look at Habakkuk chapter 2. These two verses are, as Brother Hagen would say, our golden text. And Habakkuk chapter 2 Verse 2, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it for the visions yet for an appointed time. At the end, it will speak and not lie, though it tarry. Wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. So notice he said, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. The word write, inscribe. Inscribe the vision. You inscribe on tablets of stone. You inscribe on something hard that's going, it's, it's going to be there for a long time. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. For what pers- purpose? So that he may run that reads it. He may run that reads it. Why do we write the vision? Why do we discuss the vision? Why do we preach on the vision? So the people hearing, the people seeing can take the vision and run with the vision. Amen. You read the vision, run with the vision. See the vision, run with the vision. See the vision, run with the vision. And then he says, notice, he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not lie. That means you, you read the vision, you run with the vision, and you will see the vision come to pass. And even if you don't see it coming to pass right now, just hang on, it's going to come to pass. And this, this shows us unity. One is writing the vision, and one's running with the vision. Now notice, it's separate people, it's separate entities, so that means there's somebody telling the vision and somebody running with the vision. Amen. Do you see that? Now, you become what your vision is. You become what your vision is. 
I've said this before. When you come to a church, like our church, the vision is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. So when you come to this church, you're not just coming to faith builders. You are a faith builder because you become what the vision is. And so that means you're building faith in the grocery store. You're building faith on the job. You're building faith in your neighborhood because that's what you are. You become what the vision is. Amen. Now, this is important. I had, I had a friend in, uh, in uh, uh, he was in, in, in mid, Midwest Kansas, and uh, he invited me to preach for him, uh, and I, he had preached for me a couple times, and I went to his church, and um, uh, they were doing some things, and they kind of left me alone, and I was, I was kind of nosy, and I was kind of wandering around, and, and I wandered out into the, the little foyer they had, and he had a plaque, a, 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 a framed piece of paper on the wall, and it said, this is the vision of our church. And it said, the vision of our church is to have a 1,500-member seat auditorium. Uh, the vision of our church is to have this kind of sound system. The vision of our church is to have a plane. And I was sitting there, and before I even thought about it, I said it out loud. I said, that's not vision. How can you run with that? The vision of our church is a 1,500-seat sanctuary. What am I going to do with that? Go buy a seat? No. As you build faith and frame worlds, you'll need 1,500 seats. But if you're not building faith and framing worlds, why do you need 1,500 seats? Why do we need anything that God wants to bring us if we're not going to stick with the vision he gave us? Do you understand? Hallelujah. I had somebody come back to the church. They went to, to uh, California for a while in, to the Marine Corps. In, they were in the Marine Corps. And they came back. They were gone like uh, 12 years and, and came back, something like that, 8, 10 years. And they came back and they said, Pastor, it was so refreshing because the first night I came back home to church, you were preaching a message that you'd preached 15 years before. Building faith. And framing worlds by the word of God. You become what your vision is. You become what your vision is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, hallelujah. And we'll read this. I want to read it from the Amplified Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10. He says, I urge you. And entreat you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that all of you be in perfect harmony, notice this, and full agreement in what you say. The, the King James says that you all speak the same thing. When it says speak the same thing, that you all have a uniform testimony. You're all speaking the same thing. You're all in harmony. Hallelujah. What does that mean? You all have a common vision. You have a common vision. Amen. Say it out loud. The vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. That's the common vision. That's the vision. Anything other than that is division. 
I'll have people come to me sometimes and they'll say, well, pastor, you know, I think we ought to do this. And I think we ought to do this. I think we ought to have this ministry. And I want to say, well, maybe God's asking you to do that. Amen. But if, it, if it's not building faith and framing worlds by the word of God, it's not the vision. Oh, hallelujah. Growth comes with an understanding of vision and purpose. When I understand my vision and purpose, growth shows up. But I got to know my vision and I got to know my purpose. The people have to know the vision and the purpose because someone's writing it and someone's running with it. Amen. The more we can simplify our church to service its vision, the more successful we'll be. Simplify our church to service the vision. What does that mean? Everything that we do is serving the vision. Does that make sense? And you got to simplify it to that. Everything that we do. Amen. And, and, and you break it down to its bare essence, and it's simply this, that you break it down and you simplify it to service to the vision. That's in every area. Our hospitality team, when, when we have guest speakers and we have hospitality, well, that's not just to give our guest ministers good food and to show them honor. That's part of it. It's to service the vision. The vision is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. And that hospitality team has a mission to take care of our guest ministers. And while they're doing it, they're building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. But they're serving in that department in service to the vision. Do you see that? So you simplify our church to service its vision. What's the vision? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Because I want to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Amen. When you come in here and you see the, the floors are vacuumed and the toilets are clean and, and there's a good fragrance in the air and the bathrooms don't smell bad and the windows are clean and you come in and the, and the seats have been vacuumed, that's because somebody has said, I'm going to put myself into service of the vision and I'm going to help build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Amen. Do you see that? If we are underachieving the vision, it's because we don't have a, vision, a focus on that vision exclusively. If we're underachieving the vision, it's because we don't have a focus on that vision exclusively. Now, what does that mean? If I'm sitting in the chair, there is no my vision and pastor's vision. There's no my vision and the vision of the church. There's an exclusive vision to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. That's throughout every department. Amen. Amen. On, on, on our praise team, 
The focus is not to be the best musician, although we got great musicians. The focus is not to be the best musician. The focus is not to be the best, slickest vocalist. The focus is to service the vision. I'm on the praise team because I want to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Do you understand that? Amen. Yeah, amen. And, and, and when the vision, when it's underachieved, if we're underachieving the vision, not measuring up to the vision, it's because there's not a focus on that vision exclusively. Hallelujah. The culture of a church must match the vision. Uh, the culture of a church must match the vision. And understand when, I, when I'm saying the culture of a church, it, ha, it has to match the vision. The, the vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. So that means we don't approach that casually. We don't approach it like we can take it or leave it. When, when you have a casual culture, and understand what I mean by that, you have a casual culture, a, a small church mentality culture, that, well, it really don't matter if we, if we do everything just right, because after all, you know, we're, we're not real big yet, and, you know, it'll matter when we get bigger. If it doesn't matter now, it won't matter when you get, when you get bigger. You got to act like it matters now. Your mindset has to be it matters now. Amen. D does that make sense? It, it matters now. Oh, hallelujah. Because why? The, then that, that's the culture. The culture of the church must match the vision. Amen. I've had, I've had people that were coming on the leadership, and they say, how do I dress in service? I'll say, look how I dress, and then dress like that. The because that's the culture. We don't have a culture of casualness where we just approach the things of God casually. We're building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Am I helping you? Culture will always trump vision. Now, understand what I mean. I don't mean that in a good way. Culture will determine what a church does regardless of their vision. The culture that you allow to be there. Amen. I, I had a friend one time that pastored a church. I've had a lot of friends that pastor churches, haven't I? I, I, I had a friend that pastored a church. This man's in heaven today. I, I'm going to tell you another story about a guy that's in heaven too. But uh, 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 in, the, in this church, they had a rummage, they had a rummage sale culture in their church. This, this is important. Because you, they, they would ask me over to minister, and they said, well, we start at 7. Well, if you start at 7, I'm going to be there at 6.30. And so we'd show up at 6.30, and, uh, and I would be back in the office or, or whatever, and, and they, would, they would be having coffee and donuts before service. And he'd come back about 7 or come to me about 7, and he'd say, well, Brother Steele, we're going to wait 10 more minutes. Because we, we got some running late. And then he came to me again. He goes, we're going to wait 10 more minutes. So we're supposed to start at 7. We start at 7.20. That's the culture of that church. 
So people didn't show up till 7.20 because they knew they'd wait. Amen. Our culture is we start at 7. If you show up 7.01, you're late. You understand? Here, here's the point. That culture will trump the vision. And no matter what you want to do, the culture will override the vision. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? And, and what, what, becomes the, what becomes the focal point is the culture of that department or the culture of that church and not the vision of that church. Hallelujah. The entire culture of the ministry has to serve one vision. The entire culture of the ministry has to serve one vision. Has to. Hallelujah. I, I had a friend one time that was an evangelist. And uh, he was pastoring a church. And, and he, was, uh, he was fairly well off. He owned gas stations in the Kansas City area. And uh, so he had funds coming in. And he could kind of prop up his church. And, uh, but he was an evangelist. And he didn't even like the pastor. But he, he wanted to help people. And so he uh, got this idea one time. He talked to me and he said, would, do you think you would be willing? Now, I was a pastor in uh, Faith Builders. He said, do you think you would be willing to, to take this church? Would you pray about it? And I said, well, yeah, I'll pray about it. And so I was, I was praying about it. And then he said, well, I want you to come over Sunday and minister. And I'd been there to minister before, but this was different. He wanted me to come over and minister uh, as trying to get the people used to my ministry because he, his intention was to give me that ministry. Well, I went over, I still remember what I ministered on. This would have been 20, oh, I don't know, 20 years ago probably. And uh, uh, I went over and I ministered to his church seven things that God wants to do for you from, from the book of Psalm 91, seven things that God wants to do for you. He wants to deliver you, protect you, set you on high, make your name great, deliver you, set you free. It's just wonderful. And uh, I made a statement in there that, 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 that your faith will always work when you apply it the biblical way. And so... Uh, after that meeting, a couple of days later, he asked me to come and have lunch with him. And I went and had lunch with him. And he said, well, I have to ask you a question. I said, okay, what is it? He said, what are you going to do if somebody comes to you and says, well, I did what you said and it didn't work? I said, I'm going to tell him, well, I don't know where you missed it, but the word always works. Well, see, he didn't think that his people could handle that. See, that was their culture. They did not have a culture of the word of God as the final authority. They had a culture of God might or God might not. And no matter what they wanted to do where the word of God was concerned, that culture would override their vision. Oh, hallelujah. Any other agenda other than the vision God has given the pastor has to be squashed. Has to be. Amen. Because that's not the vision, that's division. When you care for the vision, it, it is to care for what God's called us to do. This is what God's called us to do, and I care about it. I care about the vision. Amen. Look at Acts chapter 6. Am I helping you at all? Acts chapter 6. 
And um, this, of course, is when um, the apostles, the 12, you'll remember that they were having a problem because there was a murmuring because the widows were neglected in the daily food distribution. Now, it's always right to feed widows, care for people that don't have. Always right. All right, but I want you to notice something. The 12 called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, it's not reasonable or reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Look out among you seven men of honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom that will appoint over this business. But we'll give ourselves continually to the word and to, the, to, to prayer and the ministry of the word. And of course, this is where the, 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 the deacon was first instituted, this, this table waiter, servant, all right? Now think about this for a moment. The vision given to the, the 12 apostles was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Is that right? That was their vision given to them by Jesus. Hallelujah. But what's happening? They were being sidetracked by their culture. It was right to do this and it was needful to do this. But it wasn't what they were supposed to be doing. What they have to do? They had to bring somebody in that would service the vision and say, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get involved with that. Amen. Culture was driving the ministry instead of the vision. Vision drives the ministry. Culture follows. But vision drives the ministry. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? They knew they had to focus on the vision they had been given. And feeding the widows was right, but it was the mission of the church, not the vision. See, everything services the vision. If we feed people, it's to ultimately build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. It's not just to feed them. Amen. Do, do you see that? We're going we're to have VBS in a couple weeks. It's not just to ha- give kids a place to go. It's not just to throw one more thing on our agenda. It's so that we can build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. Amen. So the mission is VBS. The vision is build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. And when you get the two, when you get the two transposed, you have a problem. Because, because culture follows vision. Hallelujah. Vision leads to mission. What's the vision? That dictates the mission. What's the vision? And that dictates the mission. Hallelujah. Mission focuses people on tasks relating to the vision. The mission focuses people on tasks relating to the vision. I'm doing this to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the Word of God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? It's focused on the vision. Oh, hallelujah. And and, and here's the, the issue. Mission focuses people on tasks relating to the vision. And so that, that covers the whole gamut. I, w- I was talking about Brother Jim here, and, and we were talking today about something he's going to be involved in on Sunday. He's going to be playing Goliath, right, to, to little Nolan's David. And Nolan is excited about knocking Goliath out. Amen. Now think about this. What would make six foot seven Jim Molson go in the nursery and let a little boy be David, and knock him out with a sling. What would, what would make that happen? Because here's, here's the issue. Mission focuses people on tasks relating to the vision. To build people's faith and frame worlds by the Word of God in that nursery, to build those children's faith and frame their world by the Word of God, we need a big guy that looks like a, a, a giant so Nolan can knock him out, and we can tell Nolan about the faith of God that David used to win his battle. And no matter where he goes and what he does, he'll remember that he saw the illustration of this big guy falling when he spoke the word of God to him. There's nothing above you or beneath you when it refers to the task that's related to the vision. Nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. Do do you see that? What makes grown people, grown folk, What makes grown people go back to Fort Faith and put a puppet on their hand and change their voice into all kind of funny sounds? Amen. What makes them go back there and put Eugene on their hand and say, Oh, hello, I'm Eugene Green. How are you doing? Right? What makes them do that? Because it is a task relating to the vision. We're going to build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. And we're going to use a puppet to do it. We're going to use a costume figure to do it. Oh, hallelujah. Do do you see that? What makes a man or a woman stand out in 100-degree temperatures on the sidewalk with a sign that says, Jesus is Lord over Little Rock? Because that's a task related to the vision. Oh, hallelujah. What, what makes a group of ushers, you know, my prayer lines sometimes are 40 minutes. What makes a group of ushers catch people and lay them down and catch people and lay them down and catch people and lay them down and catch people and lay them down? It's a task relating to the vision. Oh, Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit starts moving, and you know, the Holy Spirit moves through me in in spirit songs, and we start singing spirit songs, and Brother David's locked in. Have you ever watched him? He just locks in, and he's following. Well, you know, know that's wonderful that he does that, but you know, know, that's work. He's listening. He's watching. He's feeling it out in the Spirit. What makes that praise team stand up there and stay with me and stay with us and sing and praise God and play that instrument and sing a task relating to the vision? See, our music is is not just music, cultural music. 
When, when, I, when I took over, when I took over uh, the, the, the church in DeSoto, we had a music culture of Southern gospel. Nothing wrong with Southern gospel music. I enjoy Southern gospel music. But here's the point. It wasn't that it was just Southern gospel music. It was embalmed with doubt, Southern gospel music. Amen. I mean, that's how, and it was bad. It was bad. The people couldn't sing. And when you're singing bad music with bad voices, it's just bad. It's just bad. Amen. But that was the culture that had been cultivated. The, the, the pastor would come on Sunday night and more often than not, not have a sermon. And they would just sing. He'd just sit on the platform and point to people to come sing. And people would come to service with their sheet music. Because they knew, they right, that was the culture that I came in on. Amen. And I got a vision of building people's faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. And embalmed with unbelief, Southern Gospel music was not going to build anybody's faith or frame their worlds by the Word of God. Amen. I, I remember I went there, and the, and the first time that they, they the, every, every year they had a business meeting and they voted on everybody. You know, all the officers and voted on the pastor. And they expected you to leave. And, you know, they'd vote on you and talk about you. <laughs> well, there was two things. They never had church on that, that Wednesday night. And they were telling me that, you know, there was no need to minister. I said, what? I said, oh, no, we're ministering. I said, I'm going to preach. If it isn't but 30 minutes, I'm preaching. Because we come to church to hear the word. I don't care if we vote. And, and the, the head board member, he looked at the other board member. Y'all know Pastor Marie Price. She was the other board member at the time. And, and he looked at her and he goes, well, you know how they are. And she just looked at me and I looked at him. I said, I don't care how they are. I don't care how they are. This is what we're doing. And boy, we did. And nobody brought their Bible. You should have seen people scrambling and try to find a Bible. <laughs> Amen. We, we, got, we got done that night and the head board member quit. He quit. And when it, when it come time to vote on me, I, I told him, I said, now y'all can vote. And it was the pastor you voted on first. I said, but I'm not going out the door. I said, I'm going to sit right here on the altar. And if you got anything to say about me, you can say it to my face. Hallelujah. Strange nobody had anything to say. I did get all the votes but three. Now, here's my point. I'm, I'm just explaining. That was the culture. That was the culture. There was no vision, but there was a culture. Now, listen. I had to uproot that culture or it would have overridden the vision. If you don't uproot the culture, it'll override the vision. So, you know what the first thing I had to do? I had to go talk to this dear woman, this dear lady that was leading songs and couldn't sing, could not sing a lick, could not sing her way out of a wet tissue. And I had, I had to set her down. Now, don't misunderstand. This lady's in heaven today, and she became one of my most ardent supporters. Wonderful help in our ministry. But I sat her down, and I called her name, and I said, Now, dear sister, we're making some changes where worship is concerned. And she said, Really, what are they? I said, Well, you're not doing it no more. <laughs> and she said, Well, who's going to? I said, Well, we'll figure that out. But it's not you. 
See, we had to trump that culture. And then you know the next thing I had to do? I had to stop the specials. They were special. Because they had seven or eight of them on Sunday night. I didn't just go in there and knock people in the head. I said, instead of having specials, we're going to have one night a month that we come together, maybe a Friday evening or a Saturday evening, and let y'all sing to your heart's content. Amen. You know, I had people get mad. He don't want to let us sing. I just want to use my gift for the Lord. See, it was my gift that I want to use for the Lord. Who cares what the vision is? I don't want to service the vision. I just want to do my thing. You understand? It, that was a culture. And there were people that said it was heavy-handed. There were people that said authoritarian. There were people, they, they, called, they said all kinds of things. But you have to uproot the culture to make the culture serve the vision. Does that make sense? Amen. So all the music that we sing, have you noticed, have you noticed in our church, we sing all different kind of style of music. Now, I was raised Pentecostal. I don't mean charismatic. I mean Pentecostal. And you know, in the Pentecostal church, you don't sing anything that doesn't have a beat like this. Nothing. Even the slow songs are. Amen. You, you didn't come out there and hear, you came out there and heard, I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going back to Jesus. I'm going where the living waters flow. Repentant tears are falling. I hear my Savior calling. I'm going back to Jesus, and I'm going home. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. Hallelujah. But if it's that style... That style has to serve the vision. If it's more contemporary, it has to be in line with the vision. If it's Southern gospel, it's got to be in line with the vision. This, this is so important because every facet of the church services the vision. It services the vision. The music services the vision. The usher services the vision. The media department services the vision. Hallelujah. The purity of the vision has to be kept in place. Purity of the vision. Building faith and framing worlds by the word of God. The purity of that vision has to be kept in place. And the job of the leaders, the job of the members of the local church is to cause the vision to come to pass. The vision to come to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? And so, and so what people see and what people saw in, 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 in the years and in the, 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 the changes in the church, they saw the culture shifting because the culture had to shift to match the vision. You see, you see that a lot in different places. God said, for instance, concerning the Kansas location to fill the house. Well, how? build their faith and frame their world by the word of God. He said to us, he said, I want you to cover Arkansas. See, that's a mission, not vision. Vision is to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. To do those things, we got to stay with the vision. Got to stay with the vision. He said to us, us, us one night, 
in, well, actually one afternoon in the 1245 service at Constructor Cefe. He said, I want you to reach a city, a people, and a generation. Well, how are we going to do that? By building their faith and framing their world by the word of God. See, there's no reason to fill the house or cover Kansas if we don't build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. And so whatever you do then, you see yourself serving the vision. People will say, well, I'm serving God. If you're serving God, you're serving the vision. If you're serving the vision, you're serving God. That's why you do what you do. You don't work in the nursery just to be involved. You work in the nursery to build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. Amen. You don't get involved in the media department just because we need somebody. You get involved because you're building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. That material is building people's faith and framing their worlds by the Word of God. You don't get involved in the AV department because they need help. Nobody gets involved in departments here just because that department needs help. That's the wrong reason. If you just get involved because we need help, you don't have the vision. You get involved to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why I'm greeting. That's why I'm ushering. That's why I'm doing whatever I'm doing. When, when you work on the clean team and you're taking out trash and you're cleaning the toilet and you're mopping the floor, you are building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. You are servicing the vision God has given this church. Why? We can't do it without the clean team. We can't do it without the ushers. We can't do it without the greeters. We can't do it without the praise team. We can't do it without the people in the seat. You're servicing the vision. Glory be to God. Amen. Do you see that? So it's not just preaching, teaching on faith. This is, this is so important. This is something the Lord said to me one time. For instance, you know, there's, there's times I'm, I'm asked to come and, and preach at other people's ministries and teach. And here's the thing. I always go and teach out of my vision but I don't preach my vision because that's not my ministry. See, that's important. Well, what about what God's called me to do? And what about what? Well, you need to get the CD or go to the podcast or whatever from last week when we talked about when you pull your anointings and your callings and your giftings under the vision of another person, how God can magnify it and amplify it and make it even greater. Amen. So I'm, I'm preaching out of my vision, but I'm not preaching my vision. Because my job at those meetings is to service his vision. Amen. When someone gets up in the pulpit in our local church, it's not time to showcase their latest, greatest revelation. It's time to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. If I stand behind this pulpit, I service the vision of the house. Amen. Hallelujah. I've come under some fire over the years because when, when, when the ministers of our church, when they minister, they call me or they meet with me and ask me, what would you like me to minister? And I've had people say, well, shouldn't they be hearing from God? Well, if they're in line with the vision, they are hearing from God. 
But you, you watch. Most of the time, I'll tell them what's on your heart. You minister what's on your heart. Let me know what you're going to minister. Minister what's on your heart. Because they have the vision of the house. If you have the vision of the house, you're safe. If you don't have the vision of the house, you're unsafe. Because you won't service the vision. This is, this is so important. This is See, everybody's speaking the same thing. And so then the leader is saying, the leader in the children's department is saying, we're doing this to build their faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. That's why we're doing it. We're not doing it just, right? We're not doing it just to have fun. I don't want parents hearing that. Well, if I send your kids back here, they'll have fun. Well, they can have fun at Chuck E. Cheese. Right? They can have fun at the pool. You might have fun at church, but that's not the reason to come. That's not why we want your child here. We want your child here so we can implant the spirit of faith on the inside of them. And we'll use puppets and fun and games and sugar to do it. Amen. Your child will go home amped up, and it may not be the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Say, Lily, what was wrong with you tonight? Miss Gloria gave me a cupcake. I, said, I understand. I believe it. Go back there, and Pastor Larry will give you a cookie as big as your head. Right? This is important. This is important. Amen. Because it's servicing the vision. So not just preaching, teaching on faith. But preaching the word and building faith. In every area of people's lives. That's the goal. Hallelujah. In, 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 in whatever area it may be. Glory to God. Amen. Say it out loud. The vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's the unity of vision. And it's not just something you say. It's something you live out. It's something that you walk out. The, the vision of the ministry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Isn't the Lord good?